Johnny Cage, Kenobu, Kang, Raiden, Scorpion, Sonya, Blade, Sub-Zero, Goro, Shang, Zora, Tabaraka, J-Jack, Kintaro, Kitana, Kung Lao, Merlini, Nanook, Sebat, Stout, Shao Kahn, Fung, Chameleon, Cyrax, Earth, Makabo, Motaro, Nightwolf, Insector, Sheep, The Sindel, Striker, Fu, Jin, Quan, Shi, Shin, Oxo, Rina, Jerick, Kaimi, Reiko, Tanya, Tremor, Blade, Go, Raicho, Dramin, Fosu's now, Tenkenji, Mavado, Mocap, Moloch, Katara, Ashra, Dairo, Darius, Havoc, Hotaru, Kira, Cobra, Onaga, Shijinko, Gigante, Vondavora, Cassie, Cage, Aaron, Black, Ferrator, Jackie, Briggs, Kotokan, Kongjin, Takeda, Tri, Dwarf, Cetrion, Scarlet, Gareth, Collector, Chronica, Welcome to Mortal Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Meckler, and this is the show where I walk my friends through the entirety of Mortal Kombat lore from the perspective of a single character. Today, I have two very special guests, editor at Fanbyte, Merritt K, and writer and campaigns coordinator for the National Writers Union, Eric Thurm. How you guys doing? Good. Uh, uh, glad to be here. Yeah, no, me too. And I was just, can I just say, I was glancing at the character that we're going to be talking about, and I kind of got why you have two guests. Character or characters? Who knows? It's it's a it's a blurry line. Um, if you're listening to this episode, I guess you already know that we're talking about Ferrator today, because uh, it had to have said that wherever you clicked in order to hear this. Um, and Ferrator is, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say just like one of the weirdest characters in one of the weirdest franchises in video games, <laughs> deeply strange, uh, only gets weirder and, um, appeared in a single game briefly. Um, but got a lot of screen time and we're going to talk about that today, but before we do, I'm curious, uh, Eric and Merritt, what are your histories with mortal Kombat itself merit i know you cover games so i imagine you're very familiar uh with mk but eric i'm curious as well for you what your your life history with mortal Kombat has been um well i have played a, a couple of the you know cabinet games uh as a child uh, mm-hmm. I think most recently I watched, I think, because Mary, I think you had to play the most recent one when it came out. And I remember watching that. Um, and I, I also have uh, uh, listened to several episodes of this podcast, fan of the show. Wow. So I, I feel like I know a little bit about the 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 lore from from that perspective. I'm impressed that you could come away from any episode of the show and only know a little bit. I feel like it's like Clockwork Orange uh eyeballs taped open uh mortal combat mainlining of lore uh i think it's a little bit of a time thing like i i sure. you know, listened to several episodes pre-pandemic and i think that at this point there's Your sort of been enough steel wool yeah. run over my brain that now i'm like <laughs> i think this is a guy but i'm like not totally sure so there are a yeah. lot of like quasi guys floating around where i would be like i could believe this is a, a, a mortal combat guy Honestly, quasi guy is a pretty good way to describe most of the characters in Mortal Kombat. Half guy, yeah. half like a different thing is is a pretty standard. A centaur is kind of a quasi guy. That's true. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I grew up with 
the original trilogy and um they were until i until my sister and i were like fairly old um we weren't allowed to play them so like i had to play them at a friend's house but most mm-hmm. of my friends like their parents also wouldn't let them play mortal kombat games so you know i feel like when i was growing up everyone had that one friend who was like an only child who got everything they wanted and whose parents had good union jobs because it was the nineties. And so you could sort of, they could afford everything they wanted. So um, (laughs) I would go over to that friend's house and uh, we would play Mortal Kombat trilogy. And it was, uh, it was pretty cool. I loved the movie. Um, I was, I thought the first movie was, was so cool. Um, The second one even better. The second one's even better because it's mm-hmm, got a mm-hmm. it's got a centaur. It's got Motaro in it, and he makes it a does. Face. It does uh, technically have Motaro in it. It does technically. <laughs> technically, he is in the film, um, for better or worse. But uh, and then yeah, no, I did play. I sort of fell off the series. I kind of fell off all fighting games. Although I I always do have a soft spot for them, just for like the weird character designs and stories and stuff. But I did play through the MK11. Uh, story when that game came out because it was right after I got this job at Fanbyte. So I was streaming a bunch of that. Uh, I finished that and then um, didn't really go back to it. So I know they added all kinds of DLC characters and stuff. But um, yeah, but yeah I would say I'm a, a Mortal Kombat <laughs> casual. Um, although I have played Mythology's Sub-Zero. So um, like start to finish? Or you've like dipped a toe no, in? Well, no. I mean, I'm not a psychopath. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a I'm not a monster. Um but I think I'm pretty sure I did rent it from the video store when I was a kid and was like, "Oh. All right, well, I guess I'm going outside this weekend." <laughs> I do have a vivid memory of renting that cuz like I I maybe got to in the lifetime of me owning a PS1 as a kid, I think I maybe got to rent like 5 games total and owned one. And I remember like it was really precious to go rent a game and I rented MK Mythologies and brought it home and like tried so hard to get past the first like five screens for like a week because I was like, I have to see more of this game. This is my one chance to play something. And I remember like bringing it back to Blockbuster and saying, I couldn't like play this. I'm five. (laughs) Could you could I get a different game? Is it possible to get a different game? This is bad. And they said no. Yeah. Wow. And they were like, "You made your bed," and I was like, "Yeah, I don't know. I'm a child. Please, <laughs> it's okay. It worked out. I like. I did like the FMV cutscenes in that game. Yeah, they're no, unsettling in that some way. Guys dressed as yeah. as fake ninja in uh, doing ice powers and stuff. Like hell yes. <laughs> I kind of hope they go back to that kind of thing. I would I would be so fucking psyched if they had full like cinematic live action cutscenes in the next Mortal Kombat game. Oh my god, can you imagine? Will never happen because they're, they're no. just moving closer and closer to like Polar Express. Um, <laughs> <laughs> They'll do honestly, it as though, a I mean, tie-in. Yeah. No, the, I guess yeah, we're we're making a sequel to the movie. The movie is entirely made up of FMV cutscenes. Tom Hanks plays everyone. It's um god that'd be sick they gave he gave them a lot of money he gave ed boon just a ton of money and they couldn't say no honestly again that's actually a really good idea yeah it is if they made if they did make a movie to where where tom hanks played a centaur at all i would go see that movie opening yeah of course i don't need to know anything else about it yeah 
that's just like a free idea I'm putting out there in the ether. If anyone can talk Tom Hanks into playing a centaur, please. Um, there's money just waiting to get printed. Uh, Tom Hanks plays. Uh, I'm typing this into the well, AI. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember the name of the the you know the big centaur. If Tom Hanks was going to do like a you know, sort of Greek mythology epic, no, 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 not in Mortal Kombat. Oh, the, oh yeah, the, oh, you, you mean, mean like the real the, centaur, like a re- yeah, like the real the real centaur. You you guys know what I'm talking about. The real the one. mythical mythical centaur. Does the mythical centaur have a name? Uh, looks like Ceridian. Maybe. Ceridian. Oh no, no, no! That's from the TV show Hercules. Oh okay. Which but you know in the movie? I I don't know. Different centaur in the show. Okay. Well, no, yeah. I think you mean you mean the live action Hercules, right? Oh, yes, the legendary journey. Yes. Yeah. The legendary uh, Hercules. Chiron the, is the is the name. Chiron. Of the, yes, mm, is right. Because the, there's like the whole thing with his blood being poisoned or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah I remember this. Yeah. Wow. Hercules' legendary journey Hanks? is pretty cool. <laughs> I want to see it. I want to see a Tom Hanks centaur so bad. Um, but it'll probably never happen. Uh, so I guess something I'm curious about, given that, uh, Eric, you've listened to the show and Merritt, you've played uh, a lot of Mortal Kombat. How familiar are you two with the sort of creation myth behind uh, the franchise? Not super important for the characters we're talking about today. Um, but out of curiosity, I am always wondering, like, however much familiarity you have with the game, however many of the games you play, how aware of you, uh, how aware of are you the idea of the one being the Elder Gods, the various realms? This this bit was uh, Clockwork Orange burned into my, into my brain. <laughs> This is the like, this is the like, you watch every, you know, you watch Avatar The Last Airbender and you just in your sleep, you hear like long ago, the four yeah. nations lived in harmony. So I'm, mm. I'm you know, I, I, I am familiar with the sort of one being in his body of work. I mean, so, so there's the elder. So Ra- Raiden is an, el- is an elder god. Yes. No, no, no. Raiden no. is just a god. It's He's just a okay, god. Mary? He goes to the elder gods and beseeches them to do stuff. And they're yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, dog. Yeah. Not this time. Yeah. Um, and then he's like, uh, "All right, well, I'm just gonna become a guy." Um, but they couldn't afford uh, what's his name anymore, so I'm just a different guy now in Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Um, Christopher oh, yeah. Lambert. Christopher yeah, Lambert. Chrissy became, Lambert back. Became the dude from the Warriors. Became uh, yeah. <laughs> what's his name? James Remar. So, are you saying they're in the universe of Mortal Kombat? There is a like a singular capital G God. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a, there's like a top God and then there's, it, there's a trickle down God theory. Like top dog. Yeah, sure. But, yeah. Um, or top cat. But there's so the one he, being, and then the elder gods, um, cut the one being up into a bunch of pieces using these oh. special weapons called Kamidogu daggers. And the one being pieces became the various realms. So earth, yeah, realm, our well entire dimension and our whole universe is like one, Earth realm, little is, bit, yeah. Earth realm, okay, is is so, like a toenail uh, of the one being. Oh, and then okay. Outworld is like a different toenail. So okay, yeah, right, 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 right. So that guy's dead. The one being's dead, but um, the like Lovecraftian horror behind the existence of the one being it, it, is that uh, 
had, so the idea is that since the, since all the realms are part of the one being, we are also part of the one being. So throughout oh. Mortal Kombat history, when when people like Shao Kahn were like, I have a need to merge the realms and conquer other realms, they were simply being influenced by the fact that the you know Shao Kahn is an atom among the the one being that He's wants like, to I pull be all a the guy atoms. Again. Yeah. What? So like. Wait, That's when did they decide that? When did they retcon this and decide that this is what the driving <laughs> force behind Mortal Kombat? There are there are pieces of it in the in the, from the very beginning, um, but this really came to be around uh, the like 3D era, the like okay. Deadly Alliance, Deception, Armageddon era. It kind of they took bits and pieces and, and congealed it. It's interesting because in the in the very first game, there's a lot of talk about the Furies, um, and it's almost described like the Force from Star Wars. And I actually uh, had John Tobias on the show, one of the creators of Mortal Kombat, who explained that uh, Star Wars was like as big an influence as as like all those old uh, kung fu movies mm-hmm. on on Mortal Kombat. So the idea of like all this crazy lore was like around from the very very beginning. Um, but there were he had kind of a different lore and then as different writers like kind of had the torch passed to them throughout the games and throughout the generations it just kind of grew and changed like he didn't know a lot of this stuff was like oh is that how that oh that's interesting (laughs) but yeah it was it was like around it was around the 3d era that this this idea kind of coalesced of uh of the hierarchy and then in the most recent game they were like also there's titans and that wasn't i'm still wrapping my head around okay where they fit into the hierarchy but i guess they're below one being above elder god now wait is that um what's her name uh chronica yeah (laughs) yeah because chronica says she's uh shinnok's mom and shinnok is an elder god right so I guess that means the one being made the Titans and then the Titans started fucking and had elder gods. And then the elder gods were like, now let's kill the one being and make realms. And the Titans were like, cool, do it. (laughs) (laughs) Exact transcript. Yeah. 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 Um, So some of that stuff will come back today as we talk about Ferator, but not like a bunch of it. But it's good to know. It's good to have in the back of your mind. Because the the thing that, getting into Ferrator now, the thing that really uh, factors in to Ferrator's uh, situation is we don't really know where Ferrator comes from <laughs> or what Ferrator is. And Ferrator doesn't seem to know either. So for those of you not currently looking at a picture of Ferrator who haven't played Mortal Kombat X, the game where Ferrator appears, Ferator is a symbiotic being made up of Ferra, uh, who is a, a little a little lady with a spiky helm and some spiky gauntlets on her arms, uh, who rides on the back of Tor, a big old Hulk with a burlap sack over his head, who kind of just like grunts and um, and can't really communicate much. And so she is the brains, he is the brawn, and they are symbiotic. They they rely on each other to survive. Um, and it's not clear if Ferator are from Outworld, where we first meet them, or if they're just from one of the many realms that Shao Kahn had conquered um, before Mortal Kombat 10, when uh, Ferator showed up. Because the weird thing with Outworld is like, 
there's dinosaur people there there's dragons there there's vampires mm. um and you know various ninjas and also people that look like humans and also sorcerers and uh it's a little muddled because the guy who ruled over outworld for a long time shao khan had a sorcerer this guy shang sung who was constantly doing genetic experiments and like creating new creatures which kind of implies that like everyone in outworld is native to outworld but they're actually not these races are all from different realms that shao khan conquered and merged with outworld over centuries wait so does that include um like uh what's his names the 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 sword arms yes uh they they weren't from there baraka baraka and um, his his whole the the Tarkatans uh and Baraka, I I think it's never made explicitly clear if they had their own realm or if they are native to Outworld. It's possible that they were native to Outworld, but uh I think hmm, people are gonna be mad because I can't remember. But uh I think it's it's either that they had their own realm or that they were created by Shang Tsung as like genetic experiments, probably on the more humanoid people that are native to Outworld. Because they like live out in the desert and look like mutants. So it's possible apparently, that they were just part of like experiments. So apparently the answer is, are they this or this? The answer is yes, because of the yeah. whole timeline change thing. So I uh, guess in the new timeline, they lived in a realm that was conquered by Shao Kahn. Mm. Okay. I have a, a question about this that I, I has that makes not occurred to me until right now. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so when, when Outworld, do they, do they ever show what happens when Outworld conquers another realm? And if so, is it just that like all of the sort of geographic area of the realm gets like added on and then all of the people are like, oh shit, we live in Outworld now. Is that like yeah. kind of what happens? That is kind of what happens and they show if, it a little bit. Uh, it, they should. They should go ahead. Well, no, I was gonna say if they do that, it really feels like it in some ways very meaningfully lowers the stakes of most of the Mortal Kombat games, where like you sort of imagine if you know Outworld successfully conquered Earthrealm, just people would show up and be like, "Oh fuck!" Like, what are all these weird centaur people doing here? And like the you know Earth would continue to sort of exist, but just like surrounded by weird guys. That is kind of, so they show it a little bit in Mortal Kombat 3 and they show it a little bit in the Mortal Kombat reboot, um, which is not really a reboot. It's kind of just like a alternate timeline sequel like Star Trek, but uh, it's interesting. So there's like an invasion, um, a full-on invasion from Outworld, like forcibly emerging with Earthrealm in those games. And what it looks like is, imagine you're like walking down the street and all of a sudden a portal opened up and like a dragon flew out and just ate like 50 people in front of you. And then a bunch of Tarkatans were like storming down Wall Street, like slicing dudes up with their sword arms. And then before you knew it, the sky was purple. Um, like there was like intense desolation as like souls and energy was like sucked out of everything around you. And the world you knew kind of very quickly became ruins among Outworld. Because that's the other thing is like Outworld canonically used to be a lush and beautiful realm full of trees and forests and, and, and happy people tending the land. It didn't look that different from like uh, early humanity on earth. Um, but uh, as Shao Kahn has like, Shao Kahn was originally a God meant to like protect Outworld, And then he said like, Oh fuck that. I want to be a God King and like took over Outworld. 
and uh he's basically been like sucking up souls and 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 magical energy from like the realm to wage this campaign to merge all the realms and so that has turned out world into mostly a horrible like desert um of like desolation so the idea is that like at the very beginning it would be like hey everything's normal other than there's like dragons everywhere um and the sky looks different because i've been pulled into another dimension but eventually like climate change would happen even faster (laughs) and i mean look i live in new york like i don't think (laughs) i would notice if dragons were suddenly on the street uh, sky turned purple (laughs) weird guys everywhere God, the yeah, world getting absor- absorbed into a desolate wasteland, that's what I call reading the news. Damn. <laughs> the news. That's what I call cracking open today's New York Times to read the news. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it would, be, it would be bad. I would say that there are stakes. Uh, it wouldn't be fun if that happened. But I agree that it would also be like just your average day in New York. City so you're saying we need to Apple. assemble a team to uh, fight in Mortal Kombat. I do think we should be happening. ready just in case. Yeah. Like we should know who our chosen warriors are. Right. So um, everyone check your arms and shoulders to see if you have that tattoo that gives you Arcana. Yeah. Sorry, um, do, you t- do you talk about the movie Arcana? on this podcast? Did they call it Arcana? They definitely uh, called it Arcana. Yeah. It's come up. It's come up a couple of times. We- <laughs> <laughs> is is there a roster? Do you is this like a thing that you've developed on the podcast before? Of like you know, if sort of as the the keeper of Mortal Kombat lore, mm-hmm. you 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 know were sort of charged with putting the team together. Like what your ideal Earth Defense squad would be. This sounds crazy, but it hasn't come up before, and I'm kind of like down to talk about it right now because now I'm curious. Like across the globe, who do you think would like? You, who would you trust sending in to fight against? Okay, so uh, but we're like saying centaurs. that this is like like Shao Kahn follows the rules, and it's actually a tournament, and like yeah, this is like Mortal Kombat one and two, okay, tournament style. Who would you send to the tournament? I mean, I'm putting Jackie mm. Chan in right away because even if he's Tony older ja. now, I feel like he has the heart. Like he would try really hard. That's true. And Jackie Chan was in a Mortal Kombat ripoff game. He was. <laughs> he had his own Mortal Kombat game where everyone yeah. could do fatalities except him and no one could do fatalities against him because you're yeah. not going to rip Jackie Chan's head off. Come on. I wouldn't. I couldn't. It was it wasn't a game called like Jackie Chan's Jackie Chan fighter. What was that? Uh, what was the name? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Uh, I think Tony Jaw is a good pick. I do think he's a bit of a wild card from what I've heard. Um, just like personality wise, I'm not saying he would betray like our entire realm. Um, but I would be a little concerned. Well, like a lot of movie stars that, you know, he wouldn't make his call time and then miss the fight. And sure. Then, yeah, that would be and bad. Then we'd, and um, then we'd be screwed. I don't know who are strong people. I don't watch UFC or anything. I'm sure some of those guys would be good at it. You could probably make up some names and there's, they're probably UFC guys. Correct. Crunt, crunt jumpins, I think would probably totally. do a good job. Biff yeah. Hard pack. Yeah. Uh, Biff, I do. Biff hard pack for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd send I, the Paul brothers, Logan and <laughs> Jake. Oh, absolutely. That, I would first off, Logan they're shredded. And, and second, there's no way they're going to quit. And they're crafty. No, yeah. They've got yeah, that no, like, Johnny Cage energy, but also that Kano esque uh, lack of morals. <laughs> That's sociopathy. Yeah. The the uh, kickmasters. 
Uh, wow. I would love that. I think that we could really, we could also take some people from professional wrestling. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know yeah. that sort of, you know, he, he's Undertaker. not necessarily the youngest. Absolutely. I think Undertaker would do really well. Yeah. Uh, he could fight some guys. I, I feel like Cena would also serve a similar purpose to Jackie Chan. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like he, you know, would, would sort of be like a big source of team morale. I, the trouble with sending John Cena is if he gets his head eaten by a dragon on TV, I feel like everyone kind of gives up. Yeah. Yeah. That's and a higher risk, higher For whatever reason. Yeah. For whatever reason, like if I saw Jackie Chan die in Mortal Kombat on TV, I feel like he would do it in such a way where, um, there, there would be some like, uh, he would inspire hope us. To it do it would be, in, yeah. He would go would. out in like an explosion. Like he would kick some a dragon so hard that it exploded or something, yeah. which would also take him out. But yeah, John yeah. Cena gets his head bitten off, and that's humanity's just we're done. We give up. Yeah, it's funny because like I, you know, I definitely feel more emotionally attached to Jackie Chan. But that is in the that's the image in my head. It's like Jackie Chan dies. I'm I'm inspired to keep fighting for Jackie. Cena dies, and I'm like we're fucked we're we're done i think that speaks to a real difference in their in their uh uh the persona and the question is what what isn't cena doing that jackie chan is why isn't he willing to inspire people in mortal Kombat? yeah it's a good it's a good i mean that's kind of how the action persona action hero persona has changed over the years in general you know jackie the whole thing was that you see jackie um failing a lot and that's what made him so exciting to watch tom cruise is like the only person still carrying that uh that banner at all it's exciting when he fails and when he struggles and you get to see that a lot but then guys like vin diesel the rock they have it in their contract that they could only get hit a certain amount of times they always have to be winning and it you know that just sets the bar too high and and if so if you see them bite it in mortal Kombat, you're like well i guess we're not gonna make it haven't seen that before do you think cruz is on the is he on the team I think he is. Yeah. yeah. I think he is, yeah. but he like dies immediately in like the first round. I could see yeah. him having an exosuit of some kind. Well, if I really an exosuit, deal. let's get, uh, let's get, get Elon Cameron. Musk up in here. I don't need to send Elon Musk. I want to be rooting for us. <laughs> <laughs> no, but either, you know, you know, whoever wins, we win. Yeah. I mean, that's it's like, a, that's it's like a reverse alien versus predator. <laughs> I would, I mean, I would send, I, rather than Elon Musk, I would send James Cameron, who would genuinely, and, and currently mm. I believe does, have an yeah. exosuit and would really think it through. I would expect James Cameron to have the answer sure. for how to win. Yeah. Whereas Elon Musk, I feel like he'd have an answer and it wouldn't be correct. <laughs> That's probably true. Yeah. He would, def- he would be, he would confidently posit a scenario in which we win and then it would, it here's would how we win Mortal Kombat. And yeah. his house is immediately destroyed by Shao Kahn's like gigantic foot. Yeah. Yeah. Shao Kahn gets big somehow because of what he does. Yeah. So I accidentally made Shao Kahn big and here's a meme <laughs> about it. Um, <laughs> that feels like a pretty good setup. So we got, we got Jackie, we got Tony Jaw. I feel like you got to send Scott Atkins. Um, you got uh, James Cameron. Tom Cruise, I feel like even though he might go first, is worth sending because um, the resources he would bring via the Church of Scientology uh, would oh, absolutely help a lot. Yes. All that untaxed money from the church. They'd have like jets. They'd have whatever they needed. And I think Cameron might bring some of that stuff too. But um, 
you know, it's it's always good to hedge your bets. I don't think it's a hat on a hat necessarily to have Cruz and Cameron on the team. No. Yeah. Um. And the Undertaker. Great. Well, we figured it out. So we solved it. I think we're ready. <laughs> Back to Ferrator. So Ferrator, uh, maybe from Outworld, maybe not from Outworld. We don't know because when there there was a rumor canonically um, that Shang Tsung, Shao Kahn Sorcerer, had uh, bound them together and created them in the flesh pits where he experimented on different living creatures uh, to make genetic soldiers for um, for Shao Kahn. But that was actually proven um, canonically false, which uh, we'll get to in a little bit what the true answer is to at least like what they are, if not where they're from. Um, but by the time we meet Ferator, Shao Kahn has already conquered many realms, um, but also died trying to conquer Earthrealm over the course of several Mortal Kombat tournaments and an invasion. So when we meet Ferator, we actually meet them at a time of uh, even more instability than usual in in Outworld because there's a civil war going on between Shao Kahn's daughter, uh, Melina, who was a genetic experiment created in the flesh pits, ironically enough. Um, (laughs) She was was created as a genetic hybrid between Tarkatan blood, those creepy guys with sword arms in the desert and um, DNA from princess Kitana, who was a princess from another realm called Edenia that Shao Kahn had kidnapped as a child. Um, So Melina feeling that she's like the only true daughter of Shao Kahn because she was made to be his child in a, in a lab believes that she deserves to take the throne now in outworld and uh, Kotal Khan, his former general um, an all around pretty decent guy uh, he wants to have the throne of Outworld because he thinks he can lead them into a new era of uh, of peace and stability. So there's this crazy civil war going on. Everyone's uh, afraid in Outworld. No one knows who's in charge anymore. Um, and they've also like fall like post-war Germany. They've fallen on hard times because of all these uh, invasions and the place is a melting pot of people who don't get along because they were all dragged in here as like refugees. Um so it's a tough time, and uh, that's about when Ferator were kind of just wandering through the Tarkatan wastelands. Um, no one's 100% sure what they were doing out there. It, 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 there's reasons to believe that maybe Ferator's race um, kind of set up their home out in the Tarkatan wastelands, but away from the actual Tarkatans who were like crazed and, and dangerous. Um, and so when we meet them, they've actually been captured and separated by the Tarkatans. And so Farah's in jail, Tor's in jail. Uh, they're both unhappy. They miss each other. And they wind up getting rescued by Kotal Khan, who was in the Tarkatan wastelands investigating uh, whether the Tarkatans had aligned themselves with Melina, which they had. Um, so Farah Tor, who up to this point had been completely apolitical, um, are rescued by Kotal Khan and uh they they get broken out of their cell they come together um they kill and uh eat all of the tarkatans cool <laughs> alongside kotal khan so he's like a good guy uh pragmatic leader who is also uh some form of cannibal 
Nobody's perfect. Guess, you, you, yeah. you, to be a, a be in leadership in this day and age, you just have to make certain sacrifices. I think you got to appeal your base, right? You, you like, simply have to. I mean, yeah, the cannibals a real are Joseph like a huge Biden. voting block. He knows when it's time to reach across the aisle uh, and eat the people across the aisle. So, uh, and, flesh and, and blood. And this boom. is the whole. This is the whole promise, right? That you you know you lose some people. Uh, in certain parts of that world, but then you get, like you said, uh, Ferrator totally apolitical until now, but yeah. has sort of gotten on board the the coalition. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I also, I guess, like you know, it's an interesting question, right? Like, if aliens came to the planet Earth and they were bipedal and they were intelligent, and they could talk to us. Would it be unethical to eat them? Because that's essentially what we're talking about here, right? Like, Kotal Khan is not... He's from another realm as well. His people were also uh, dragged into Outworld. So, like, is it cannibalism for him to eat Tarkatans just because they can walk around and talk? I mean, I feel like if it's not your species... (laughs) It could still be unethical or wrong, but we need a different term. Right. I think that's probably a sane way to put it. They prey upon them. They're, you know, they hunt them and you know, eat them for sport. I mean, are vampires cannibals? Oh, there you go. Yeah. So I guess no. Um, I would say no. 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 Well, I don't know. I mean, they are human, right? Or are they? Not They're anymore. vampires. No, they gave that up. <laughs> they, they made their fucking choice. They made their choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is it, you know, I guess it really depends on your vampiric lore. In the world of Mortal Kombat, the vampires are from a, an entirely different dimension, a vampire dimension, where they just have their vampire own. Dimension. <laughs> that's it's true. Like incredibly, that's just an incredibly charming premise that like everything is the same except everyone's vampires. Yeah. Um, I don't really have know their how own that lore. would work. They have a mythical sword. Because they to have... me, if everyone's a vampire, you get into sort of a daybreakers scenario where. Right. Um, I don't know if you ever saw the great film Daybreakers, (laughs) but starring Willem Dafoe and uh, Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But they run out of people, and so they're like, "Oh shit, we're running out of people. Um, We got to develop synthetic blood." Yeah, and then uh, and then Sam Neill, who is the villain, is like, "Actually, no, we'll just start people farms." Um, So, vampire dimension sounds fun. Huh. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at my Natara notes because she's the vampire from Mortal Kombat, and I'm trying to see like did did it ever was it ever made clear like what how they drink blood um in their own realm and uh, no <laughs> <laughs> damn not, not up. really her story is more about like how do I un merge my realm uh from from Outworld and and how do I go home. Um, but, uh, you know, they have their own lore. Maybe they have like animals that they drink blood from there. Like maybe they have their own kind of cow (laughs) and that's like what they hunt and drink blood from. So they're, they're the same as people essentially, except that instead of, you know, eating, eating meat, they, they just consume blood instead. Yeah. I don't know if they also have sun. Do they also have like sun weaknesses? Probably not in her realm, but maybe. All the lore about the vampires in Mortal Kombat is like there was this guy named like Datesh Gilgosh and he had a sword called the Datil 
Slayer Blade and it drove him insane because it was cursed and uh, it's very like high fantasy vampire shit. Mm. Magic crystals. There's there's some there are portal portal stones. Yeah. That are basically that. Yeah, it's fun. It's nice. You know. Uh, we'll just take a vacation there. Yeah, it would be nice to spend some time in the vampire realm. Assuming that you weren't immediately like food. It's just genuinely not clear if you would be. <laughs> she doesn't like even spend a lot of time with humans in her storyline. She she hangs out with like a cyborg and a dragon. So well, less awkward. She doesn't even have way. like the temptation around. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Let's see, you know, you want to be careful about who you make friends with if you're a vampire. I get it. I probably would do the same thing. Hard to say. It's hard to say until you're like in it, you know, but I no, I'm pretty confident of exactly what I would do if I was a vampire. <laughs> I wouldn't be tempted by the blood. Curse. Hurts a lot. Yeah. I would just be like totally fine. I would be like, have just way, way more willpower than necessary to just be yeah. like, to nothing would really change in my life. It's nice to know that it's probably like very comforting to, to yeah. know that. You know, no matter what else is going wrong, I know for a fact that if yeah. if I if I became one of the night walkers, I would simply be fine. I would simply resist the urge. I would simply not drink blood. Things would be so much easier if they just thought about that. I mean, yeah, it's called just, you know, just just have you have you chosen not being a vampire? Like if you just tried not being a vampire because I feel like that would help. I just wish people put more thought into their decisions. <laughs> so so anyway, what about these two guys? Yeah, they, they're they're chowing down on Tarkatan meat with Kotal Khan, and uh, they turn to Kotal Khan and they're like, "Thanks for saving us, dude. That was really cool of you." Well, Farah says that. Tor probably says something like, "And um, and Kotal Khan is like, "Thanks. Um, I'm actually trying to like fix Outworld if you're interested, so that people just don't get like captured by Tarkatans all the time and randomly like murdered." I'm trying to unite the people and like make it a nice place to live. Would you want to be my bodyguards? You're pretty strong together. Um, and they're like, yeah, sure. So Ferator became uh, Kotal Khan's bodyguards and they stood by his side during a protracted civil war um, against Molina's forces. And that involved some episodic adventures, which were mostly covered in a comic book series that preceded Mortal Kombat uh, X. So first, they went with Kotal Khan to just straight up assassinate Melina. But in the process of doing so, uh, they discovered that she was protected by two armies, by the Red Dragon, who were a high-tech mercenary group that was trying to make synthetic uh, dragon soldiers that could use machine guns. Wait, is that um, Kano's crew? That is not. Kano's crew is the Black Dragon. He left oh. the Red Dragon and he made his own crew. Oh. <laughs> um, where they were like, no dragon guys, just nukes. Uh, and the red dragon were like dragon guys trying to resurrect the, uh, dragon King. It was like their thing. Yeah. So, so Melina's hired the red dragon, but don't worry, the black dragon will show up. So, um, Melina's hired the red dragon. So they're standing in the way. She's also hired the Shokan, uh, who are led by their, uh, Prince Goro. And they are half dragon warriors with four arms, um, and big swinging dicks and sausage now fingers half dragon does that imply a shrek donkey situation or were they created like the drankies by, like how in shrek the donkey canonically has sex with the dragon i mean um right. or is it like a 
um, Shang Tsung being like, you know what would be cool? Dragon guys. They are from their own realm. Um, there are different types of Shokan. There are Shokan that look like dragons and there are Shokan that look like tigers. Um, they have like tiger fur. Oh yeah, there's that guy with his have, name. Like, um, uh, Kintaro. Kintaro, will also yeah. come up in a second, yeah. Um, so uh, it's not clear on if if they are literally like descendants of dragons in the way that we are like similarly like evolutionary offshoots. Oh, of, like, I apes. sort of yeah, I neglected that possibility too. That they yeah, could just be, yeah. I think that's it. I think like on the evolutionary scale, it was like in their dimension, it was like we were you know amoebas, and then at some point dragons, and then eventually bipedal forearmed dragon people that were a more advanced society. And there was also like a tiger branch where some of them became more slightly more mammalian, I guess, where they had like fur. <laughs> um, yeah. That seems to be the logical answer. If you are to attempt to ascribe logic to it. It makes sense as a, <laughs> a, a, a biologist, you know, yeah. it's, it really fits into all my, my, my theories. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, so these two big armies protecting Melina, um, this is like Ferator's opportunity to prove themselves. So they leap into battle, they slaughter a bunch of red dragon guys, literally like punch them and they go flying hundreds of feet into the air, um, because Tor is so strong and Farah is so vicious. She's like, get them Tor, get them to the like left. Now get them to the right. I guess. I don't really know like what, how functional Farah is other than like, I guess Tor has a burlap sack on his head so Farah can see stuff. So that helps. Um, and so uh, they're taking out the Red Dragon and that's opening up uh, Kotal Khan to take on the Shokan. And uh, he fully rips all four of Prince Goro's arms off. Um, and uh, this is then, as Melina slinks off and escapes, this is now seen as an act of war um, to the Shokan, <laughs> ripping their leader's uh, arms off. And so the Shokan are now like, we're not just hired guns helping Melina. Now we are actively going to try to kill you and your entire family, Kotal Khan. You're like public enemy number one to us. Um, Kotal Khan, being a pragmatic leader, is like, I don't really want them to just hate me for personal reasons. Like, I, I'm still hoping they would join me instead of fighting for Melina. Um so he sends Ferator to go negotiate with the Shokan's new leader, Kintaro, um, who is uh, the best friend of Goro, and he's like a tiger version of Goro. <laughs> mm -hmm. He's a cat face, and he has orange fur. Um, so Ferator, probably not like the smartest people to send to a negotiation, given Tor can't talk, and Ferra uh, just says stuff like, Yeah, flashback! I'm gonna eat your eyeballs! And stab them, stab, stab! Um... Yeah, she's a real like Harley Quinn type. Um, so they go into uh, this negotiation. They also bring this bug lady with them, uh, who's also one of Kotal Khan's uh, sidekicks, but she doesn't really help much either. Um, that goes poorly, and suddenly they're just in a full-scale war against the Shokan, in addition to trying to stop like Melina from taking over. Um, so now Kotal Khan is the one who needs help because the Shokan are very formidable. So he enlists the help of the Black Dragon, which are a gang of mostly humans from Earthrealm, led by Kano, a former member of the Red Dragon. And their whole thing is like uh, stealing 
artifacts from different realms and then selling them like arms dealers. So like they're here to like sell rocket launchers to wizards and in this instance to sell uh, nukes to Kotal Khan <laughs> to help him uh, battle the Shokan. Um, so Kotal Khan's like, cool, I'm going to buy some nukes from you. Kano, leader of the Black Dragon, why don't you ride into battle alongside Ferator and use your nukes? And Ferator are like, we don't really trust this guy, but we'll ride into battle with him if that's what you want, Kotal Khan. Um, and so they do ride into battle. Kano uses nukes on the Shokan. Okay, the uh, fact that the, I, I had no idea that nukes were canonically used in Mortal Kombat, but that's extremely funny. This is just one of the instances. <laughs> when you say that they, they uh, rode into battle... What yeah. is the rough distance between Ferator, Kano, and a, a sort of uh, uh, armed and exploding nuclear weapon? Like, well, what is this like an Indiana Jones fridge situation? Like, don't worry, they explain it. It's a mini nuke, specifically, <laughs> and of course, <laughs> while I personally haven't seen a mini nuke and don't quite know what the like dangerous range is, if you were to. Um, be in the presence of one as it was fired off. Um, it is implied in Mortal Kombat that you could stand on like a hill uh, overlooking <laughs> overlooking the detonation of Mini Nuke and be okay. I'll also say Kano's the only human there. I don't know how radiation would really affect a Ferator. Maybe their realm is totally nuclear. I don't know. <laughs> but they were fine. That's all you need to know. They're okay. They watch it happen with their own eyes from some distance. They don't. They don't even need binoculars. So they nuke the dragon guys, um, and and then shortly after that, while like celebrating their victory, um, things start to get pretty raw. Uh, first, they discover that Kano has kind of been operating behind Kotal's back. He's been like stealing stuff from Kotal Khan and selling it to people. Um, so so Ferator drag Kano to prison and arrest him on behalf of Kotal Kahn. Um, and then they notice Kotal Khan starting to act weird. He keeps picking up the uh, Kamidoku dagger, which I mentioned earlier, which is a very important artifact that was used to split the realms in the first place. Each realm has one that they're protecting, that their leader protects. So he keeps using Outworld's Kamidoku dagger to uh, cut himself before battle. He even did it before battle, uh, the battle where he ripped Goro's arms off, which Makes a little more sense that he was able to pull off a feat of strength like that because otherwise he's he's like jacked, but he's not like Goro jacked. Mm -hmm. um, so he keeps slicing himself with this thing and it's giving him all this power and he's acting like a little like an addict and getting like in increasingly like erratic and dangerous. And uh, and Ferator are like, this is not the Kotal Khan that we agreed to serve back when we were eating people's arms and legs together. <laughs> he's He's disturbed. Something's up. Um, and so as they try to figure it out while still serving Kotal Khan, uh, it turns out that they, that, that, that Kotal Khan has essentially been manipulated by, uh, Melina, as well as, uh, a chaos cleric from another realm called the chaos realm named Havoc. Um, you don't really need to know much about Havoc other than he's from a realm called the chaos realm where goodbye means hello and hello means goodbye. And this is canon. Um, the, the national sport of their realm is a game called Everybody Run Around. 
and there's no rules and no winner. Everyone just runs okay. around. So it's Calvin Ball. Yeah, it's Calvin Ball. And also, okay, but if your name, if you come from somewhere called the Chaos Realm, wait, do they know it's called the Chaos Realm? Yeah. Or is that just what we call it? Yeah, they worship chaos. They're okay, like, and they, so your they name worship is water havoc? because there's got to be like no millions of havocs on that planet, right? I don't know. It would it be chaotic for there to be millions of havocs in a realm called the chaos realm, or would be, would it be more chaotic oh, for there would to be only too be one? Yeah, <laughs> stupid. It's like imagine if early internet culture was a realm. Oh imagine if like hamster dance was a realm. Um. It's real Looney Tunes over there. Also, Havoc ripped his own face off because that's a crazy thing to do. Damn, that's so twisted. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Joker did that too one time. It's a pretty Joker-fied realm. Honestly. Sounds like it. Yeah. And I this... cannot stress enough that everybody run, everybody run around is something that you see on screen in a Mortal Kombat game. They play it. Oh my God. There. You experience it firsthand. You actually get to play. Uh... Does the Joker go to Chaos Realm in in any of the DC games, he, or are they like it would be too too chaotic if the Joker? He fully wins it? mentions it in Mortal Kombat 11 because he's DLC. Yeah, he's I like, forget what I've he says, to- but he he says like I've been to the Chaos Realm. Yeah, <laughs> great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll get into that more uh, in the Joker cast that I've been hyping up for years. <laughs> Uh, that I will eventually do for this podcast. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, shit's getting chaotic. Havoc has this big master plan. He wants to take over all the realms. He's using the Kamidogu daggers to drive people crazy with blood magic. Melina's uh, participating in it. Um, it leads to a big showdown uh, where Kotal Khan and his army, including Ferator, go to Shang Tsung's island, uh, which is the name of an island that Shang Tsung used to own before he died, um, and uh, find Havoc's secret base and find Melina, and it becomes this big battle royale where there's all these people that are their minds are poisoned by blood magic. It gets really intense. Kotal Khan even turns on Fer- Ferator, which breaks their hearts and, and tries to kill them because he's just so crazy with rage and, and doesn't know what he's doing. Um, and eventually... Thanks to the intervention of the U.S. military um, and movie star from Earthrealm, Johnny Cage, <laughs> things get sorted out. Um, some soldiers from Earthrealm uh, show up on the island. They help uh, Ferator and some of the other more sane people uh, kill Havoc and, and stop this blood magic ritual from happening. And, and for a while, things kind of settle down in Outworld. Kotal Khan gets his head back on straight. Uh, Ferator are back at his side as his bodyguards. Melina fa- falls into the shadows again. Um, and some years of peace pass as the realm is generally like, you know, people are generally on each other's side and everything's kind of hunky dory, other than the fact that Melina's still out there somewhere, but she hasn't done anything in a while. Mm. And then some Earth Realmers show up uh, unannounced in Outworld, which seems like a provocation because they always cause trouble when they come to Outworld. We don't have a great history with Outworld. Um, uh, and Ferator, you know, fight them, capture them, and bring them before uh, bring them before Kotal Khan. And they basically say like, hey, there's some trouble brewing. There's this fallen elder god named Shinnok. He helped create the realms many years ago, but he wanted to control the realms. He got imprisoned in the nether realm, which is like, what if hell was a dimension? Um, 
And uh, eventually he tried to break out of there, but he's been imprisoned in this amulet. And now someone stole that amulet. It's now bouncing around the realms. And a guy named Kano, who you may remember, has escaped from your jails here in Outworld and is trying to sell it like an arms dealer. And if if Shinnok escapes from that amulet, we're all doomed. So we Earthrealmers have come to Outworld to try to broker a deal with you to, to figure out how to like stop this from happening. We're trying to we're trying to get our hands on the amulet. It might be in Earthrealm right now, and we're just trying to make sure nobody bad gets it. Um and this leads to Kotal Khan turning to Ferritor and saying, Hey, you guys want to see the big apple? You want to go to New York City? Um, because we're going to Earthrealm. And we're going to get the amulet for ourselves because I don't trust anyone but me to protect that amulet. Um, so Ferritor gets to see Earthrealm. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Is there like a fun here? montage where they're like walking around New York? No, they kind of like go into a forest in Japan and immediately get beat up. <laughs> <laughs> well... It's really unfortunate that that uh, the Paul brothers got brought into this so quickly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, listen, there was there might have been some gap time we just don't see. They might have gone and seen like Lion King on Broadway first. Um or uh or you know, gone to like Disneyland, but what we do see is uh Kotalkan and Ferator emerge from a portal into uh, a forest in Japan. Sorry, actually based on who they fight, it was probably China. But it's not certain that it was china it was likely a forest in china because they uh while they do eventually fight scorpion and the shariu they escape they come out of this portal uh they're walking around the forest they notice it's really snowy uh and they're like talking about who are we going to go like rough up to try to find that shinnok amulet and suddenly they find themselves attacked by the lin kuei which is a ninja clan in china Uh, that is led by sub-zero um Ferator C Sub Zero, they rush in to try to defend Kotal Khan and immediately get frozen. And that's actually the last time that we see them at all in the games, canonically. Wow. So that was but, one of those fatal freezings I hear about. You I, I it's possible. It's never confirmed that it was or wasn't. Um there is a probably not canon, but possibly canon ending. Um, that I prefer for them because I think it's mm-hmm. nice. Um, but if if you've played the Mortal Kombat games, which you have, you know that if you choose a specific character to do like arcade mode with, um, you get like an ending that's kind of like a what if. It's like, oh, if mm-hmm. this game is all about like Shinnok's amulet, who's going to stop Shinnok? And you play through like an arcade ladder instead of story mode as Ferator. It's like, here's what would happen if Ferator were the ones to defeat Shinnok. Right. Um. So I think it would make sense if this ending was canon because there wasn't like a reason to believe they had died there, um, but they also didn't appear in any more games. So this would kind of explain why. Um, but the arcade ladder ending for them is that they returned to the wastelands of Outworld where we had first met them because that is where their people are from. Um, and it was time for Farah to go through puberty. And it was a very painful puberty that lasted three Outworld years. I don't know how long that is other than it says an excruciatingly long time. And she went through the painful transformation of becoming a big jacked Tor type creature. So it basically answered that question Ah, of like, what's their deal? Yeah, they start out as little guys for a while and then they grow into hulks. Um, And the circle of life repeats itself. So 
Tor uh, withered and died because he was actually old for his species. And Farah became a jacked hulking creature that could no longer like really verbalize or, or think very well anymore because there was too much muscle um, instead of brains. And uh, and then found Farah went and found a new rider. So the reason that Farah didn't like come back to try to keep working with Kotal Khan in future stories is that Farah lost like her right. sentience basically and just became a, a mount for a new uh, symbiotic uh, little little venom type creature yeah it's very grim maybe it's also kind of like uh you know a circle of life sort of situation right like ferator had their time palling around wandering the realms um had their time operating as like bodyguards for for a relatively good guy in the world of mortal Kombat. um and then eventually like hit a point where it's just time to move on and time to say goodbye to Tor and, and for that cycle to keep to keep going. Now it's Steve Farah. Yeah. <laughs> Farah Steve. It would be kind of funny to see like a jacked person and then just like uh like an accountant hanging off of the back. <laughs> that would be very yeah. good. I'd like that. Um that is it. That is it for Farah Tor's story. And and if you're caught up on Mortal Kombat games, currently all of time has been reset. Um, and Liu Kang is now, uh, the, the former champion of Earthrealm is now in charge of deciding what will happen in timeline. So um, didn't really like spend a lot of time talking to Ferator, so probably doesn't have a lot of strong opinions about Ferator. So does Ferator even exist in this timeline? Maybe maybe Ferator's realm never even merged with Outworld and Ferator is just free to be uh, Ferator in the Ferator realm. What do you, like what do you think? Them. Yeah. What would you like to see happen in future games to Ferator? I mean, it's just even from like a mechanical perspective, it's interesting that this is basically Mortal Kombat Ice Climbers, it seems yeah. like. Yeah. Um, which is like such a rare thing in a fighting game. For there so to be like, ice climbers? For there to be ice climbers. For there to it's be in two at least guys. Some. <laughs> it's in at least a few of them, uh, a few of the fighting games. But uh, yeah, I kind of like the like, I don't know. I always liked in the Mortal Kombat endings how they were kind of like they none. It was rare that they were just like, and then they went on to be the greatest in the world and everyone loved them and uh, their heads didn't explode and they didn't fall off a cliff or anything. It was fine um, because so many of the endings are just like, oh, yeah, Luke Kang gets exploded or like, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. is it Jax's ending? That's like the really famous one from um mortal Kombat four or like five or something where like uh kano falls off a cliff and then pulls sonia off a cliff and then Jax throws (laughs) kano off a cliff yeah it's actually it's not kano it's jarek who's basically jarek we we wanted to have a kano type but we couldn't come up with anything that new so yeah jarek is like the new kano uh and yes sonia there's there's an ending where Sony throws him off a cliff. Jax does it. Jax off the cliff. Sonya off the cliff. They were basically like, we got one environment and three characters. Let's do whatever combination we need of, <laughs> of cliff tossing. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's like cool when fighting game endings are just like, yeah, they won. And then they went back home and uh, one of them died. So mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. that happens. Sometimes people just die of old age. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, is not it, a lot. But like, is this a character that people would be like excited about um like coming back do you think 
Probably some people, yeah. Like, but not not at the top of the list. I would be excited specifically because I I like the monsters of Mortal Kombat most of all. And Ferator seemed like they didn't have a lot of time to reach their full potential as monsters. I mean, because they were only in the one game, right? Yeah. Yeah, and they were just henchmen. They didn't really get right. a chance to like do much. So I guess I would like to see, you know, uh, in a world where Ferator were not conscripted into some form of servitude in their lifetime, like what would it look like for the for the Ferator people to like? What does it look like for a dozen of them to to be part of a little roving gang? Like, what does it look mm. like if they replaced the Shokan as like a, a a royal dynasty with just weird little backriding people replacing? Uh. Yeah, I would love to learn uh, a little more about sort of the, you know, political organization of this people based on the description that we're getting of like, you know, uh, them going through sort of like a major life right in which they like lose sentience and and become uh, kind of, you know, big, big gorilla people. Um, yeah. And I, I would be curious to know, you know, how that affects like how the Ferator people think about aging, like how they think about, you know, their life cycle of like, Oh, I'm going to, you know, go and like become, you know, just a super big guy. And like, don't worry. I, I I'll still, I'll still love you. And I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big tour guy, but I'm not going to be able to talk. And I mostly am just going to want to, you know, Hulk smash things. Um, that like, moment I would, love to I see would like touching. to see dramatized. Yeah. That's yeah. a sweet thing. It's time to say goodbye. Especially since Tor like fully dies. It's not even like Farrah's like, I can't ride you anymore. I have to get big myself. It's like, mm. I have to get big myself and you've reached like the maximum lifespan for a Farrah Tor. So are they goodbye. linked? Is it like one only happens when the other happens or do they just like happen to sync up? It seems like it works out that way. Like that's just how it go. It's like in the three years it takes for Farrah to grow into a tour. That's when the tour usually like dies of old age. So I, you know, it might be, I don't know if the tour like takes care of the Farrah cause it says it's a painful transformation. So I don't know if like Farrah's like moaning and groaning as her bones are like growing too fast and tour is like making tea and like massaging her or like what uh, that looks like. But I bet there's some fan art out there. <laughs> Oh, that's sweet. Oh, I would watch that. That would be, you know, it would be so, uh, so heartwarming. Yeah. Like Tor being all gentle and taking care of Farah. It's kind of, it's nice. They're both, you know, played by Tom Cruise or by, yeah. I was going to say Tom Hanks, but they could Tom both be Cruise. Played by Tom Cruise. Tom <laughs> Hanks Tom. and Tom Cruise together at last. Tom Have Cruise they ever, is They've Farrah. never been in anything together, right? Impossible to say. If only there were a website that could tell us. I don't think there is. I don't yeah. think they have been. All right. Well, anyway, that leads me to the final segment of the show, Choose Your Destiny, where I ask you, Eric Merritt, if you existed in the world of Mortal Kombat, its many realms, its many creatures, what would you be? And uh, and and how would you fit into the world of Mortal Kombat? Wow, that is a great question. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think I would fit in really well just because my initials are MK already. True. Um, so that True. would help. That would be a big boon to me. And help uh, in know, what way? <laughs> kind of a, an Edward, um, kind of in an Ed capacity. Yeah. Um, but uh, 
Also, I always love Tobias from Animorphs. So, okay, got that covered too. Fun Tobias um, from Animorphs story. When I was a kid and I first started reading those books, I'd never heard that name before, so I called him Toby Ass, and I said it out loud and got in trouble in elementary school. Toby I like ass. said to I said to like a teacher. I remember at lunch. A teacher was like, what are you reading? And I was like, I'm reading Animorphs. There's a cool person named Toby Ass who turns into a hawk. And they're like, don't cuss. And I was like, what? What? Why? That's his name. It's Toby Ass. It's like, it's Tobias. And I was like, I didn't know that. I'm fucking nine years old. Sorry. I don't know anyone named Tobias. I live in South Florida. There's not a lot of Tobiases around. Um, yeah, I don't know. It- there's a lot of kinds of guys, it turns out. There's like cyborgs and demons. And I kind of admire Mortal Kombat's like willingness to just be like, I don't know, whatever, you know, we'll have all of them, please. It's nice because um, it's like all of them, but they have a very specific way they fit in. It's not yeah, just they're, like, they yeah, do like yeah. do the work to be like, oh, and here's why there are Minotaurs, or here's why there are Oni or something. Like, yeah, um, the Oni are native to uh, the Nether Realm, by the way. So it's literally like, what if Hell is a dimension? Demons are just the the race that uh, demons is from just that live there. Dimension. To them, it's normal. Yeah, mm-hmm. they do. They just have jobs. Yeah, um, I think it would be cool to be like, um, man, I don't know, Dream Demon. Oh, sorry, that's Freddy Krueger. I'm in the oh, he's in Mortal Kombat. Of the he's Mortal from Kombat. the Dream yeah, Realm. No, no. Um, I'm not joking. But he, He's but got he the is dream non-canon. realm, and that's where he exists. He yeah. is, no, they're all canon. Everything's canon. Well, apparently, Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe, according to the Mortal Kombat wiki, and I would put your authority above theirs. They say no, I, it's not canon. That's the one thing I consider not canon. It's the only thing I consider not canon. Mortal but Kombat any of the versus DLC DC. characters, I consider them in the mainline okay. games. Any of the DLC characters so far. There's a way to explain how they're canon. So like Robocop walks through a portal and he's like, I'm here now. Yeah, he's from the future in that specific timeline if humanity uh... continued, as is the Terminator, which means I'm canon because in Mortal Kombat 11, when you win as the Terminator, I'm on the list of uh, names of people he's killed. What? Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm canon in the world of Mortal Kombat. So we know what you would be in the world of Mortal Kombat. Terminator Dead. target. Yeah, I would be a corpse. I would be a threat to the Terminator. Sure, so that's yeah. that's cool. To, to Skynet. Yeah, the podcast Skynet is, is a big him, threat. Yeah. Skynet sends him back because I have this podcast. <laughs> I mean, I think it would be cool to be like um, a... Uh, how come I've forgotten their name again? A Tartakan, because you know, you've got yeah, you've got the swords, and that's gonna come in handy, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, you need to like you're always gonna have a bottle opener. You've always got that sword ready to go. Um, objectively, yeah. You know, someone cuts in line in front of you, you just bring the swords out and they're like, Oh, oh, sorry, I didn't know you were like a sword person. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and then they just back away. Um yeah. Eric, so Merritt, you you're you're Atar Cotton. Would you fall in line, do you think, and just serve like whoever's seems the most powerful? Or would you um, kind of like- I mean you'll know from the taste of my blades. Um that's sort <laughs> of a thing that I like to say. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, is that got the it, whole thing? Do they do they just love to fight and so they just serve whoever will let them fight? 
Yeah, I mean, they definitely have like wants and desires. Like Baraka's always trying to have power. Baraka's always trying to throw his weight behind um, someone who feels like they could lead the realm, but support the Tarkatans. Or he, they're very tribal. So like they really like Melina because she's half Tarkatan, even though she's a genetic experiment. Yeah, Melina's like, cool. I like. Yeah, they're like, I like we feel Melina. like she could lead. So they 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 fall in line behind her a lot. So it seems like you would kind of fit in with the general like. Yeah, these guys are cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I love their their whole style. Just weird little gremlins with knives on their hands. Great answer, Eric. Um, so I don't know what of the sort of species or realms works best for this. I think the thing that I would most enjoy from a sort of professional standpoint in the, you know, the mortal combat world is like, I think I would really enjoy being like a magical contractor, you know, who like works on the arenas. Um, oh yeah. Where, There's a right, lot of like, that. It, it feels like maybe we've moved beyond a period where most of the fights happen in that space. But I think if yeah. we were still in a primarily like tournament uh, based, like interdimensional economy, I would really, you know, love to just sort of be the guy who shows up and is like, great, like we've, you know, what's up, Shao Kahn? We've like built this to your sort of specifications. The stones are the right weight. There are like maybe some spikes in the in the ground, you know, just like let us know ahead of time kind of what you want to be happening. And um, in this scenario, do you kind of work among all of the realms or specifically like Outworld? Um, I think probably sort of initially primarily Outworld because, you know, I, I mean, that's the place that has the most business at first. They're, they're the ones yeah. that are most aggressively trying to like do Mortal Kombat with other realms. But, uh, you know, I think, I think sort of going forward, the goal is y- you want to sort of get your name out there enough that eventually, um, you'll, you'll get some, you know, jobs from other realms. Right, right. That's how you know you've made it. I think that makes a lot of sense. Good. Great answer. Love it. Great. Well. Eric, Merritt, this was a, a true delight. If people want more uh, Merritt and Eric in their lives, where uh, where can they find it? Yeah, um, so I work at a website called Fanbyte, which you can find at fanbyte.com. And um, yeah, I do podcasts and sometimes I stream stuff and do a lot of writing over there. Um, and I'm also on Twitter at Merritt K. Uh, Eric, I, what, what are you up to these days? Hmm. Uh, I also uh, am on Twitter at uh, Eric Thurm. Um, I write a little bit, uh, but primarily what I've been doing lately uh, is, like you said, uh, working for the National Writers Union. Um, We work to represent freelancers sort of across various forms of media. Um, And most recently, we got this bill passed in New York State. Uh, that basically makes it so that you, you know, are entitled to very basic stuff like a written contract, which, you know, uh, in theory, you should not have to be legally entitled to, uh, and sets a timeline of, you know, you have to be paid for your work within a certain amount of time. Uh, the state department of labor can go after a lot of like unpaid wages. Uh, and we're, we're really hoping that, you know, it's going to help a lot of people out. Like, obviously a lot of people do, um, do a lot of different freelancing work. Uh, and it is, is I, speaking from experience is not fun. I too have experienced how not fun that is. <laughs> oh, also, um, yeah, please make our TV show. 
Yeah, if you're uh, a television executive listening, please buy a TV show from Mara and Eric because they do that together. Yeah, we true. um we have been working on this uh this premise for a while now, and uh, doesn't have much to do with Mortal Kombat, but I'm sure the I disagree. Does have opinions on Mortal Kombat. I mean, I think um, everything kind of comes back to Mortal Kombat. Yeah, if you think about it. I mean, canonically, it is set in yeah. Earthrealm. So, yeah. So get in touch if you want to make a show about uh, a bug mystery solving pot smoking exterminator. Yeah, if you're a TV exec or just someone with a lot of expendable income um, who's looking to self-finance a uh, TV pilot, um, follow uh, Merritt and Eric on Twitter, DM them, um, or reach out to me and I'll give you their uh, cell phone and social security numbers. Listen, if it gets the show oh, made, I'm willing oh, to go that far. <laughs> oh, I'm happy to sort of give out my, my security, uh, my social security number right now in case anybody needs it. Oh, um, I think it's okay. We could probably do it like just like over DMs. Okay, that's I mean, you know, I, I already was talking to, uh, you know, I got some some calls from the people in the um, vehicle services department and my my mm. dealership. And, you know, they they needed to know it. So I, I you know, have it memorized now. Oh, no. Oh, Eric. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, well, this is a delight. Uh, Eric Merritt, thank you so much for joining me, Eric. Good luck with your social security number uh, and listeners. As always. Finish him. <laughs>